Welcome to the Policy Viz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. So we're moving along here in the podcast episodes. We've talked to lots of great folks, both practitioners, academics, uh, people who teach, people who work on maps and color. And I'm really excited today to talk to Scott Murray, who's an assistant professor of design at the University of San Francisco. Scott, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, excited to be here. Um, so if you don't know Scott, that's a shame, really. Um, famously a line left. Yeah. uh scott wrote perhaps the second official book on d3 yeah right uh interactive data visualization for the web from o'reilly it was my first um dive into d3 and fortunately i think it came out i think i was emailing you shortly after you had released it because i was emailing you saying scott help um, I really don't know what I'm doing, and so now I still kind of don't know what I'm doing, but at least I can talk intelligently about it because I've read the book. So um, perfect. So that's thanks for the, the goal. Book. Is like even if you don't understand it, at least you can sound like you understand it, <laughs> which is half like the if, battle, really. You know, at the meetups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and everything. Just sounding good is you know, like yeah. Billy Crystal said, sounding good is better than it's all of looking good is better than feeling good. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, I'm really excited to have you on. You just completed a uh, MOOC with the Knight Center and Alberto Cairo on D3. So I wanted to start by uh, talking about that and ask you how it, how it went and how many people you had and how, how, uh, what people felt about it. Yeah, so the first thing is we're trying to introduce this. So it technically wasn't a MOOC. It wasn't a massive open online course because it wasn't open because as an experiment, we just decided to try charging money for it. Okay. And, uh, or I should say the Knight, the Knight Center did. And it wasn't massive because we limited the number of the people. So the I- okay. idea was that a normal, mo- like Alberto's taught several of these moves through the Knight Center before, and he has thousands and thousands of people yeah. participate. Yeah. Um, or I should say thousands and thousands of people sign up, sign up. and then some smaller percentage of that actually <laughs> yeah. participate. But there's, with those courses, with the MOOCs, it's just set up so there's no expectation that, you know, yeah, you're as the single instructor, he's able to actually, like, respond to everyone. So, yeah. Um, the platform is very much oriented around discussions. So um, I know it sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but sort of like students trying to help each other and um, you know, lots of resources are provided. So hopefully you can work your way through it. So what we try to do with this course, uh, which we internally we've been calling it a BOC, a B-O-C, so a big online course. Oh, so I was, not, I was thinking it was a small, a, I thought it was a SPOC, a small paid online course. Oh, that's good, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a spot. Anyway, so it's, I don't know. And there's a t-shirt there to be had, too. Yeah, saying, saying box sounds stupid, but uh, <laughs> we called it a big online course because uh, there's a registration fee, I think it was $95, uh-huh. um, and the idea was then we would limit the number of people who signed up, and at first we thought, okay, well, we'll the fee will, uh, you know, increase the engagement and motivation of the people who sign up, because they had to sort of put down a little actual money, right. uh, whereas... So anyway, we we got much, many more people interested than we expected. We expected, you know, we were like excited if we would get 100 people. Yeah. Um, but we ended up keep getting more and more and more. And so we eventually we capped it at 500. And then we had some uh, stragglers and some payment issues. So anyway, we ended up at, in the end, it was 526 wow. participants. And the course ended two weeks ago. And we had 173 people actually complete all the requirements in time. So you, you can sign up for these courses and you can basically just 
a lot of people sign up and just for access to the materials. Yeah. So maybe I should explain a little about how. The, how yeah, the yeah, that'd be, I think that'd be helpful. Yeah. Um, so it's an online platform, um, and basically it's broken into modules. Each module is one week. This course was a six-week course, and every week you have uh, videos, which are like video lectures from Elder, Alberto and I. Uh, you have readings, so like some are assigned readings, some are optional readings. Um, what else do we have? Oh, you have a, each week you have a discussion question mm-hmm. so that you have to talk about in the forums, and that's usually like a conceptual thing. Uh, we have an exercise that you have to complete, so that's sort of like your main like piece homework of homework, right? right? And in this case, each week it was a different sort of small D3 project, right. you know, like make a bar chart, make a scatter plot, make a area chart, line chart, and you have a quiz that you have to take. So can the... Uh, students download the videos. Obviously, they can download the readings, but can they download the videos? So if they don't, if they don't have time to do the course while they sign up, can they download it so they can do it on their own? Right. So the um, yes and no. So that was one thing we got a lot of feedback on. So, so first, first thing to say is, like for me, this was totally an experiment. You yeah. know? I think for both of us and for the Knight Center too, they had never done a course uh, because most of their courses are MOOCs. They tend to be less technical, sort of more accessible in terms of the content. Um, this was designed to be an absolute beginner-level D3 course, mm-hmm. plus sort of Alberto was bringing this element of visualization principles and concepts. So right. we're trying to integrate those two, um, but still this was the most, uh, you know, frankly, money that the Knight Center had charged for a course before, so that was an experiment to see yep. how many people have, and it was very advanced. I mean, it was beginner-level but as far as I'm concerned, but it was like advanced as, as in terms of their content. Like usually yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. three or four week courses that are much more digestible. Okay. And the expectation might be two or three hours per week. Mm-hmm. Um, our course was set up with the expectation more like a regular college course um, where we, like the exercises, everything was designed so that you would put in five to six hours per week. Right. Um, yeah, to so that's, like, that's like a regular course. Yeah. Yeah. Except that it was only six weeks. So, yeah. okay. so we got a lot of feedback. Uh, it turns out, something I didn't realize, is a lot of people sign up for these courses just to get access to the materials because mm-hmm. they find that valuable. So they want, like you're saying, that option to download everything. Yeah. Um, the platform that we're using doesn't really have the facility for that. I mean, we have the videos posted, and um, you can sort of manually download them one by one. Right. But, you know, we didn't provide people with one big zip file with right. all the materials in one big chunk. Yeah. So that actually, I don't know, this to me leads to a really interesting question because we, we even tried an experiment during the course. We had uh, one or two people say, hey, I really like the video lectures. Could you provide them as a podcast because I actually want to listen to them like while I'm commuting oh, and then okay. when I get back to my computer at night, you know, I can do my work at night because everybody pretty much in the class is a you know, working professional. Right, right. Um, so for a week, we, we did this experiment, and the Knight Center people were really patient with me. I was like, hey, we should try it and see what happens. <laughs> and everybody said, this is a course about visualization. It's crazy to do something that's just audio, but right. here we are on a podcast. Welcome, welcome uh, to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we did that. We took the videos and just cut the audio out and like released them as MP3 files. Yeah. Just for one week, and you know, it seemed useful for like a couple of people, but um, for most people, not. So I don't, I don't think we would do it again. Yeah. 
But it's um, hard to sort of put the material in practice, like on your computer. You know, it yeah. seems like if if you if you're you know taking a, a programming course, you sort of want to be working as the professor is sort of saying. And now this is how you lay out this structure, or you lay out this code, or whatever. You sort of want to be doing, it, as opposed to like listening to it on your commute. Doesn't seem to be putting the two together. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think for the the people who were requesting this, it helped them reinforce those concepts. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for me, it would. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's tricky. It's yeah, so it's tricky. No, it's tricky. So, Absolutely. But I think this. Um, I mean, to me, this got this interesting question where we had so many requests for. You know, hey, can I just download the materials? And even I'm looking at the uh, student evaluations now. By the way, anybody who is in the class, I hope you'll fill out the evaluations because we're, we're really looking at everybody's feedback and trying to improve the next <laughs> offering of this. But um, that's like I don't know. People, I don't know. Do you have? Do you have the? So, was the response rate for the for this course similar to the response rate that you get in your USF classes? Response, like in terms of evaluation. evaluations, yeah. The number, the uh, share of people who responded. No, I, it was much lower. I mean, we have yeah. so far. I've had about ten percent of people. Oh wow! Yeah, that's really low. Respond. So I always um, find it interesting when I'm teaching and I say I'm going to give you 15 minutes to fill out the evaluation, and I still don't get 100 percent. But that's just the way it is, I guess. People. Well, just, it's not enough time, John. I don't know. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> we recently at USF we actually switched. We used to have the bubble charts, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, just this semester we switched to an all online format. Yeah, so yeah. this semester I have 100. percent Yeah. Um, that's not an approval rating. That's a uh, response. That's just a response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just response. <laughs> <laughs> but just incidentally, it was 100. percent Everybody was satisfied with your class. Oh, oh, for this class. For your class, I'm sure 100 percent said oh, all sure. fives, fives all the way down. Right. Um, what was it? Oh, so I don't know. Just I keep dragging this point on, but um, I had this discussion with the the night center people, and I liked this idea of packaging up all the materials into a big zip file. But their approach is really that the people who are looking at the course that way are thinking about it like it's a book, you know, or it's a text oh. or something, and they want to be able to reference. You know, they've they've made a purchase. But the Knight Center, sort of the philosophy they're approaching this with is that this is a, like a college class. Yeah. This is a, a temporary learning community yeah. that exists for a certain period of time and then it's over. It's over right? um, just like a real class. And you can't sort of package up a whole college class into a zip file, but you participate in the class. And so it's really structured to encourage participation. Of course, probably I think the majority of people don't participate. So we had 34% as of the other day, 34% actually completed all the requirements yeah. for the certificate, which means you took the quizzes, you did the exercises and all that stuff. Um, compared to their big MOOCs, um, they usually have a completion rate of like 6 to 8%. Oh, okay. So we had a much higher completion yeah. rate, which is good. Um, but, you know, still there are people who, you know, everybody's busy, so they sign up. And right. Maybe it's it's too demanding. It's more technical than they can handle. Or yeah, you know, and ninety maybe ninety five dollars is not uh, so much where they say uh, it's okay if I throw away ninety five dollars. If it was a thousand dollars, you'd have higher participation. Would be right, and and something I wanted. I think we got this in the student evaluations. I re was really curious how many people's uh, kind of employers paid for this right, and yeah. how they for it themselves. So. Yeah. 
it's, these these are all things we kind of don't know yet, but right. interesting. We're interested in looking at. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, cool. Well, let's let me let's switch gears for a minute to talk about your USF classes. So, can you talk a little bit about the sorts of things that you're teaching at USF and the one thing I'm really interested in talking about is this balance between, when it comes to data visualization specifically, the balance between the theory and the practical. And when it comes to the practical, what sort of tools people are teaching and using and, and how and how different tools are taught, those, those sorts of questions. So, so maybe you could just start talking about the sort of classes that you're teaching. Sure, so I teach some of our foundation design courses uh, and that's sort of like introduction to static print-based design and also screen-based design like web. Uh, and for upper division electives, I usually teach our interaction design and information visualization courses. So I'll be teaching those both next semester uh, in the fall. And yeah, this tool is... <laughs> <laughs> This tool's question is always a nightmare. So it's a yeah. nightmare. It's not a nightmare. It's it's why we love this field. But in design in general, um, not just for InfoViz, but for all of our design classes, we're constantly having to revise our curriculum because the tools are changing and the technology changes. Yeah. So when you're talking about you know, interaction design, screen-based design, it's like every year we get new crazy devices with touch interface, physical mm -hmm. gesture interface, whatever. And so, you know, we want to be current and we want to give students opportunities and projects for experimenting with all these things. So, um, you know, that that's all new and we're having... So we're, we're sort of in this mindset of being used to rethinking things and definitely not setting up curriculum to be tied to a specific tool as yeah. much as possible. Um in information visualization specifically, it's it's really it's really tricky. I mean, a semester kind of on one hand feels like a lot of time, but it's not that much time. Yeah. And uh, I've gone back and forth. So I think two years ago I taught the course with D three. I, I should say so. I work with design students. It's all undergraduate design students. Yeah, okay. So some of them, they by the time they get to my class, they will all have at least basic HTML, CSS knowledge, but okay. they may not necessarily have had any, like, programming experience, okay. uh, you know, with, like, a, a full-on programming language. So, so for me, like, that's my audience. Right. Uh, and D3 was, I, I had an amazing class that semester, and they were real troopers, and they stuck it out, but it was really, it was a lot, you yeah. know, it was really rough, because we had really high expectations for the visual presentation and you know all the sort of proper design aspects and there's just this huge steep learning, learning curve. curve yeah you know i mean you can work with t3 for months until you start to get really comfortable using right. it to implement your ideas so that was a challenge um then i went back to i think probably what i'll do this next semester is use processing which is what i was doing oh, okay. before so actually we did a mix of tableau and processing Okay. So Tableau has been awesome in the classroom. Mm -hmm. uh, I only started doing that this year. It's um, still a little bit like funky, you know. There's like a little bit of a learning curve yeah. until once you understand the. Oh curve. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're going to do Tableau and processing, and so do you have in mind how to uh, 
is there a transition from one tool to the next, or do you sort of say, we're going to use both of these tools over the course of the semester? And then sort of a secondary question is, do you start with the tools at the beginning of the semester, or, and then sort of come back into sort of the theory, or do you sort of start with the design theory and then work your way into the tools? Mm, yeah, so hopefully it's all integrated. Yeah. So that's another thing that we did. Um, I don't know if this is super interesting, but uh, historically, like our design program, the courses were, I think a lot of programs around the country used to do this, were much more separated out. So you'd have like a tools course. Yeah, yeah, okay. You'd be like, here's how to use Photoshop. Right. And then you'd have a separate course that's... Illustrator uh, or whatever. Theory, oh, well, yeah. or theory on conceptual photography. Conceptual and history right. course. So you could say, like, what's, yeah. what are semiotics? How do we communicate with images? What do these things represent? What do colors mean? How does the brain interpret these images? Right. And so before I came to USF, those used to be totally separate courses. Yeah. And you can imagine it was not successful. Uh -huh. um, now, every class, we integrate concept theory, history, and tools. And the practical So course, yeah. the challenge for us is always, you know, you could spend the rest of your life just on the tools part and yep. ignore the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. So we're always trying to figure out, like, what is the appropriate balance, you know, yeah. we need but that's part of being a designer is like you have to be able to learn because the tools are constantly changing you have to be able to learn them quickly enough and get comfortable with them to you, know, you can't be doing subpar work the rest of your life just because you haven't had time to learn the tools yeah. that's part of the job yeah um, well, the and in school yeah anyway go ahead no I was going to say the audience is also is also key that you know you're teaching design students so um, sure yeah and it's very different like we also have so USF um we have my information visualization course, which is in design. We have another course by the same name in computer science. So that's a different audience. Yep. And they um, can jump into a lot. You know, they, they can kind of come in with some assumptions about comfort level with code and different yeah. higher knowledge. Right. And we also have a master's in analytics program that has a course by the same name. And that's graduate level students uh, with a totally different background. So right. yeah, the, the audience is key, I think. Yeah, you know, absolutely. With, with, because when I teach when I teach public policy students or business students, I mean those students, you know, ninety eight percent of them don't have HTML or CSS background, nor have they really done a lot of coding in anything. I mean the the policy students will will know some Stata, um, which is not a is a statistical language, not a you know not a visualization language. So, um, but you, I mean I think that's fine because you like you've written about you know using Excel and other yeah. tools. Yeah, right. It's always past the defaults and focusing on the visual present, like the visual yeah. principles. So I mean, you don't have to know how to code. I think um, code just gives you, in some cases, more power and more flexibility yeah. around the, the visuals. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think with any tool, like I mean, Excel, Excel is actually a good example. You can do a lot more if you know how to code in VBA, um, but that's because the code gives you flexibility that the the packages don't. Um, but I know other people who will teach um, policy students or undergraduates. There will sort of be data visualization, a broad class, and they'll teach as many tools as they can fit in. So it'll be a little Tableau, some Google charts, some Excel, some maybe some Python, maybe some R. And I, and I, I sort of feel like I had tried that a few years ago, and I sort of felt like a two-hour lecture on R doesn't really give much. Because you only really learn a tool when you sit down and really work with it for a period of time. And being thrown a bunch of tools, I'm not really sure people get a lot. You know, the sort of my sort of general students of policy students, maybe it's different in, in 
Well, I don't think it's different for design students. I would suspect giving them, throwing a bunch of tools at them as opposed to giving mm -hmm. them sort of the skills where they can say, oh, I know how to do this in D3 and I know the CSS, I know the HTML. Now I could do processing or I could do P5 because I sort of have this background, this 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 general skill set that they can apply to mm -hmm. different tools. Yeah, it's actually, I'm remembering one thing, what I did last year this is my backlash because I did the D3 experiment and it was like really challenging. Right. And then I think last year when I taught the course, I said for the final projects, I said, you can use whatever tool you want. Okay. And like we had taught, we had looked at Tableau and sort of looked at processing briefly, but um, I sort of decided, you know, we just eaten up so much time before on the tech side. That, yeah. um, and, and then that particular class, I had a range of students with a range of backgrounds. So I had some, um, Anyway, so, so some, some were like super comfortable with Illustrator. So we talk about like, okay, there are actually these, you know, kind of yeah. built-in ways you can try data in Illustrator, or you can start in Excel, you can modify the style in Illustrator, or we, I had a couple of students who were like, wanted to go all out with D3, right. and some who, you know, had used processing. So I'm not sure that's the best solution either, but that was, you know, when one experiment was right. to leave the tool choice open which means you you know eat up less less class time yeah, yeah. and things that are irrelevant to most people, but it also means some of the students are more on their own and it's harder to counsel everybody right. when they're all using different things. Well, I guess you have the advantage of being able to do this every uh, at least once a year, if not twice right. a year, for, like <laughs> yes. ongoing experiments, which is pretty good. Yeah, um, it is, and I'm sure there are you know people out there who have. Um, probably already figured it out. I feel like I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, no, and, and if folks are listening and they do have a, a great strategy, I would be, I think we'd both be really interested. So um, I'd be interested to hear what other, other what the approaches are for other people in different fields. I think that's the other key. Like you mentioned, the, the audience is really important and it'd be interesting to see what how people are teaching these sorts of skills in different in different fields because like you said, it's gonna, it's gonna vary based on, on backgrounds. Um, Scott, this has been great, uh, really interesting. Uh, ongoing challenges. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Sure. Can I give a quick plug? Please go for it. Before we plug away. Up. Oh, so we just we were just the other day announced. Well, we made the official decision. This this first Spock that we offer through the Night Center. Uh, I get a free T-shirt. By the way, what's that? I get a free T-shirt for the Spock part. You get a free yes, and this is your you know. <laughs> well. I was going to say if this would count toward your tenure application. That's a contribution to the field. You coined the term, Spock. Right, right, right. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so we're re-offering, so Alberto and I, through the Knight Center, are re-offering the same course. Great. Uh, with the same materials. So that'll be August 17th to September 27th. Um, so people can stay tuned. We're going to open registration sometime in June. So you'll be able to register before you go on summer vacation, and then you come back from vacation and Unless you're in the southern hemisphere, right? Because we had people from all over the world, so winter vacation. Anyway, uh, and then we've announced a new course that's going to follow on that. That will just be D three, sort of intermediate level D three. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be teaching that one. That'll be at the end of October, and it will finish in the middle of November. Terrific. So people can stay tuned for that. Yeah, that's great. And my last plug is that I just started work on the second edition of the D three book. Okay. Uh, so that will not come out for quite a while, but if your um, you know your copy of the first edition is totally worn through, then right. 
get ready. Get it. Yeah, get and ready. And that'll be through panel. O'Reilly. That'll be through O'Reilly again. Yeah, it'll be through O'Reilly again. Great. That's great. And lot, lots more chapters, lots more on like mapping and all kinds of tips and tricks and things that have uh, sort of come out of the software in the last two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. The evolution has been been pretty interesting. Um, that's great. Well, uh, all good plugs. I will uh, will post the links on the on my website, and people should feel free, obviously, to register and, and take advantage of that, that these great resources. Uh, well, thanks again. This has been great. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have comments or questions or suggestions, please hit me up on Twitter or visit the website at policyviz.com. And I am John Schwabish, and this has been the Policy Viz Podcast. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.